Welcome to the official catch-up. Today I've got Ewan Robertson on. How are you doing, Ewan? Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Um, getting through it. How are you, how are you about yourself? How are you keeping busy? Yeah, a lot, playing a lot of pro clubs with the boys. Um, <laughs> wasn't really that, I'm not really a big FIFA fan, to be honest. I didn't really have time for it before, but it's quite enjoyable because we all go on a big conference call and it can be like 11, 11 hours on each night. Um, I've got kind of my friends from home, my friends from uni, so I kind of dip between both the teams. I'm a bit of a Judas, but... But that um, walking, doing a lot of walking, uh, the last couple of days I've kind of been immersed in you know, the whole SPFL vote thing, like I'm sure a lot of people have been uh, watching series. I've binged a few series, I don't know if you do that yourself. Money Heist, uh, just finished that, Ozark. So that really, I should probably do a little bit more to keep active because I'm probably eating too much, having a few too many glasses of red wine and doing no exercise. So um might go on a run after this uh, this chat. Yeah, I've been going out running uh, at night. I've just been doing a wee bit of circuit work. I've not really been uh, doing 5Ks or anything like that. In terms of series, I've, I've heard about Money Heist. Uh, the one that I watched, uh, the only... I, I'm not really big on watching TV, to be honest. I'm a bit weird like that, but the one I watched was uh, Tiger King. I don't know if you've heard uh, about that. Yeah, Carol Baskin. Yeah, I've, I've watched that. Um, it's certainly an interesting programme, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if it's like a, a factual documentary or a comedy. It's, I suppose it's a mix of both, isn't it? Yeah, well, the, the memes, uh, certainly I've been enjoying the memes that are coming out of that, so it's been, it's been quite fun. No, it's good, it's, it's got everyone hooked, so it's a good season, maybe a little bit too short, but I believe there's a follow-up to come. But Money Heist is very good, it's in Spanish, I know some boys kind of watch it and turn on the subs and put it into English, but I think it's best to watch it in their, their normal accents and just put the subtitles on. Yeah, I'll definitely have it. Well, one of the reasons we've got you on, Ewan, is obviously you're, you're quite well known in terms of the work you do in football. But, uh, Thanks very much, mate. I'll pay for that later. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of the Lowland League itself and obviously non-league, you, you played for uh, Stirling Uni for a wee while when you were uh, obviously at the Uni and you, you had a bit of a reputation in terms of the work you've done. And obviously you've, you've probably got a few experiences uh, with, with Shelley Kerr and Chris Geddes and stuff. But what was your overall experience at Stirling Uni? Amazing, mate. Like, um, obviously, I went there for university to, to get a degree that would put me into the industry that I wanted to go in. But football was such a large part of your life there. I was speaking on our podcast recently about this and just saying I think everyone who I'm friends with still from uni played football because there's like, I think it was seven teams there. So that's what 120, 140 boys. So it becomes like a almost a community within a community. And you mentioned Chris Gedd, it's actually his birthday today, so congratulations to him on his big 40th. And he was my coach in third year. It was a really successful season. We actually we won the League and Cup, uh, done the double. I actually missed the the league the league winning day because I was actually on placement at the time uh, through Edinburgh, the Scotsman. So I had a bit of a dilemma there because I didn't know, you know, do I want to go and play football and be part of this amazing day or do I want to kind of focus on my career because I was in my third year so I'd maybe started to think a little bit more about what I was going to do after that so that was a dilemma at the time but honestly amazing like Sterling Uni is, is renowned for being a a good sporting uni and the football team is what's well, the best university football team in in Scotland without a doubt yeah and uh, I believe uh, Chris Geddes is actually 31 mate not 40 <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just winding him up but he's done a remarkable job uh, I said to him the other day, I was, I was texting him, I said he's a, the Pete Carroll of um, university football. Pete Carroll, if you know NFL, you know who he is. <laughs> and Mate Gedge was an unbelievable coach, especially on the training ground. I think he was, 
his training sessions were really, really good. Um, I, I hated training, to be honest with you, mate. Like, you'll probably tell you that sometimes if it was a first night training session, I'd probably be uh, up the food bar instead of going to the, the training sessions. But his training was so enjoyable. And like I said, he's, he's won the under-20s league now, hasn't he? That's been awarded to uh, University of Stirling. So, and the job he does there as well, you know as, as well as me, if not probably a lot better, that if you look at the age of his team and he's competing against, you know, sides like Kelty and East Kilbride and BSC Glasgow, Bonnie Rick, who have a little bit of money about them and they can they can bring in, you know, experienced players, like men really, you know, you've got like Faz Austin and stuff like that playing for, for Kelty coming from SPFL football and the job he does getting boys that have maybe dropped out of academies down south and they've came in, it's a credit to himself and a credit to everyone at the university. Absolutely. I mean, I've spoke to a few guys, obviously, that have worked with Stirling Uni and, you know, Mark Adams, first team coach, and then guys like David Chandler, Lewis Fraser. I've spoke to a few few of the players, obviously, like Alex Webb. And uh, the, the, you can't credit Chris enough. And I, I know Chris is um, going to be coming on at some point when he's when he's free. Uh, uh, you, can him, you can ask him about how good I was. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, though, the, the setup there is amazing. Um, the amount of pitches, the facilities they've got. And Shelley was obviously there when, during my time at uni, she's obviously coached the first team. There's a bit of a, a gap between the first team in terms of kind of professionality and sorry, professionalism, should I say, and the rest of the teams because it's, it's maybe more a social aspect to some of the other teams. Whereas the, the first team are, are very dedicated and, and you know train three four times a week, and ultimately the end game is to to win uh, titles and they play at a level which is the Lowland League, obviously the second team which I put in towards the end of my time there uh, for a little bit. They play in the East of Scotland League, which is a, a great level as well, uh, as you'll know. So no, it's an amazing setup there, and from start to finish, I absolutely love my time at Stirling, especially playing football such a massive. A massive part of it. The kind of work you do in football now is kind of mainly higher up. But have you been keeping a sort of eye on Stirling Uni in the non-league? I know, I know. You uh, when we last spoke, obviously it was to make my one-time appearance on Rocksport when you were the producer there. So I take it you're still taking a, a vested interest in uh, in non-league. Yeah, I mean, I remember having you on, and you were excellent. So congratulations for that. And whilst, when I was there, obviously we tried to cover every area of Scottish football eventually you know my, my passion for the Lowland League was one of the reasons that we became official media partners um, with the Lowland League and we done the kind of match of the day and stuff like that so I, I kept a massive interest we'd have guests on it from all the time Chris has been on a good few times yourself uh, George Fraser was a, a regular on the show naturally it's difficult to I've not actually watched Stirling when they play since leaving three years ago just because I work Saturdays and usually Sundays now as well so I've not really got the chance to to get to a game which is disappointing but if I'm out working on a Saturday obviously the first result I'll check will be the Thistle result and then to be honest mate the next result I'll check will be um, Sterling Uni and the guys there as mentioned David Chandler and everyone involved we give up our time and travel up and help out with the media work it's been really improved since certainly the time that, that I was there so it's good to see them doing doing well, I think. You've got to be realistic when they're in that league. You're kind of punching above their weight to a, to a certain extent, so especially when we talk about later on the kind of expansion and the, the West of Scotland teams that are coming into that league, it's, it's going to be difficult for them, but they're doing an amazing job to to stay in that league every season. 
Oh, definitely. Uh, I think, again, credit to, to Chris and the lads there. And they have produced um, a fair few boys that went on. I keep <laughs> I keep uh, bringing them up, but I, I honestly, to God, one of the guys that uh, when I first became involved in the league, uh, but I was really impressed right from the beginning, uh, from the beginning obviously. Blair Lyons, uh, going, you know, he's at Partick now. Done excellent at Montrose, Rory McEwen, uh, you know, uh, guys like that. It's, it's just amazing. And then obviously Angus Miller's gone to Elgin as well. But there's all before that, I think, like Danny Dem and stuff like that, they went to Southern Uni. So there's always been like a, a decent amount of players that come through. I, think, I actually think it's a really good progression for for players maybe who, you know, if you drop out of academy at 17, 18, you don't really know what your next move is. is it, to me, would you go to a club in League One or League Two, or would you go to uni and get a degree? Behind you, still play football at a really good level, and you know you can you can maybe even go back to playing SPFL football once you finish your degree. If you look at it, look at the success that well, Cove came up from the Highland League this season, and teams that have came up from those leagues have had in League Two. I, I wouldn't, I don't think there's a, a huge gap in the levels between League Two football and the Lowland League. No, no, not at all, and it's it's one of the things obviously uh, that's been brought up quite a lot that. Uh, you know, I think there probably was a gap uh, previously, but certainly I can't really see much of a gap now. And I'm especially in terms of the, the top of the Lowland League, Kelty, BSC, Bonnie Rig, you know, East Stirlingshire. Oh, God, uh, some of the players that they've brought in uh, this season, uh, as you mentioned, guys like Nathan Austin, uh, Nicky Lowe for Shire, it's, it's unbelievable standard. Yeah, like I said, it's, I'm kind of, it's a bit frustrating that I can't maybe go and watch a game. I think I've been to two games since I left university. One was when East Cobride won the league. Yeah. Um, Stuart Malcolm left me a couple of tickets and I went down to, to see that with a pal. And that was a, a great day and they obviously done fantastically well that season. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a league it's, it's coming on really well and it's I know, something you're passionate about and you know, hope maybe in the future I'll, I'll get down to some more games and you might see clubs doing, clubs do highlight packages. Um, so you can you know, pick up you watch a little bit of the action here and there, and obviously you hear of the players that are that are coming through. And, and you know, I know for a fact that a lot of teams are now maybe looking at the Lowland League as a as a place to scout players for for their clubs. Yeah, and you obviously talked about the sort of passion I have, but obviously you have a lot of passion for for football. Uh, where does that come from, you? And have you always sort of you know loved football? And, and obviously you, you kind of do it as a job as well. Aye, fantastic, mate. Yeah, me always like well. Grew up in the west coast of Scotland, so you know what I mean. My Glasgow boy, so football, <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of ingrained in, isn't it? Obviously, my dad was um, loved his football. Used to play at a decent level um, back in the day, and ever since I grew up, I've always been mad about football. You know, like everything about it. You know, playing football manager all the time, playing. I couldn't stop playing when I was younger, collecting. You know, all sorts of sticker albums and stuff like that. Uh, always loved football, and I followed football from a young age. I got my first season ticket at six. I don't have one anymore, unfortunately enough that you know I get to cover the, the, the team a lot, which can throw up a, a couple of difficulties along the way. But yeah, I always been mad about the sport. I played at quite a decent level um, growing up, a couple of pro youth teams, and then my school actually was a rugby school, so I kind of stopped playing football for. I probably didn't play football eleven sides for about six years until I went to university. So. As soon as I went there, I knew I wanted to get back playing football, and then eventually I did through the trial system, which was uh, that was certainly interesting because when you go to uni, obviously it's a big trial day, and it lands in Freshers' Week. And I remember 
I went to the trials and I was a little bit hungover, shall we say. <laughs> uh, you play about you play about six or seven seven aside games. Uh, I always remember this kind of funny story. Um, my team was doing well. I was playing really well, you know, scoring a few goals, impressive. And people come over and ask for your name. Um, so what's your name? What positions you play? Okay, thanks. But the same every game we have boys coming over. I think it was our final game. Um, a boy called Elliot Sutcliffe who now works for Hamilton Ackies. He came over to me and he went, um, "Have you had your name taken?" I, I replied, "Of course I have," which was a bit <laughs> a little bit colloquy, mate. And I don't think he was having it at all. So I ended up going down to one of the lower teams, and that was probably the result of being a wee bit cocky back in those days. It's a good story to tell, though. But one thing I do have to ask you as a Partick Thistle fan of you, have you been listening to Heights, the Heights song, over and over during this? Oh, mate. It's, um, do you know it's a cover? Is it? Yeah, it's a cover. I've got a guy called Brian Welsh, I believe, first penned the song. Um, you can probably ask Welsh about that. I believe it's a cover song. See what I mean? Completely honest with you. I mean, I love, I love the view from the terrace. I think Craig and, and Joe and the guys do a fantastic job. Seeing the song first came out, I was not having it. <laughs> I was, mate, I was not having it at all because, you know, I think Fistle have got this kind of reputation as this, you know, nice, cuddly club. Um, remember they brought the, the, the slogan, we're not so cuddly anymore. I think that kind of just, I mean, summarises everything that people think about Partick Fistle. Yeah. I suppose it's good in a way. It's a catchy, catchy song. Um, don't get me wrong, but, mate, I was not having it um, at the start. It's, it's kind of grown on me a little bit and, I remember Callum, Callum Bell played it out once at, at Far Hill when it first came out and I was not having it at all. Um, I suppose it puts Fistle on the map, but I'd rather be put on the map for our performances. Yeah, and uh, Partick Fistle, like, um, certainly I've, uh, you know, I go to, or I did used to go to Glasgow a lot before obviously I got involved in the Lowland League and I used to go uh, nights out in Glasgow. I had friends that used to live in the West End and always sort of got the impression that, uh, well, from my own experience as well, but uh, Partick Fistle were a bit of a, Sort of students uh, team, <laughs> mate. That's what you get all the time. Like our students team, a couple of things I can't say on this. <laughs> and you know, we like Bell and Sebastian drinking red wine and uh, eating kettle chips. But I suppose that's just like a kind of persona people have with Thistle. It's a great club, you know. I mean, you'll find a lot of people who have a big team say support another club in Scotland have a wee soft spot for Thistle just because it is such a unique club. I mean, for a club of our size, I don't think any other club in Scotland is as iconic as us. Uh, I'm not really sure why. Probably because we are the third Glasgow club behind the old firm and people who don't really like Rangers and Celtic can uh, identify with with Thistle. So it's a great club. It's a great away day as well if you're a travelling fan. You've also got kind of Ashton Lane and Byers Road there to have a drink on and come up. There's good pubs around the ground as well, like the Woodside and stuff like that. Um, hopefully that's a good bit of PR. I get a free pint next time I'm in. But I mean, it's a, a great club. It really is. And, it's a club close to my heart. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, one part of the Glasgow, one part of Glasgow that I really love is the West End. I know I've probably got a wee bit of pelters myself for that, but um, I sort of around just a whole area basically. I, I always think Partick's a really nice area. As I said, I had a friend that lived in uh, around Partick for I think a few years anyway, and I used to I used to love that area. I was I was tempted to move there to be honest, uh, but never never happened. Like where was it in Partick? You stayed. Uh, just near the subway, off the I can't I can't exactly remember. Um, it was off the near the subway, kind of. I think there's a Hill shop Hall, there. actually, Partick one. The Partick subway, aye. Ah, okay, yeah, mate. I mean, I'm, I'm a West End boy as well, so I spent most of my life up there. Um, 
so it's a great place to great place to grow up and a lovely place to stay and it's it's been it's good for the social aspects as well, isn't it? You've got a lot of good pubs. Um not having a nightclub that's in there, but there's a lot of good pubs around there. Yeah, yeah. From what I remember anyway, you and it was uh, the subway you go off at the subway and then like if you kept walking down I'm not hundred percent sure on roads. I, I know the area obviously but I'm no uh, no I'm well, not Barton sure. Road Barton Road's the main one. And that's if you keep walking on, basically, you'll get to the the train station. Am I right in saying that? And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the area he's loved in. There's a good pub in the corner called the Dock and Doris. That's normally where we go for to watch the football. That's a great pub. So again, if you're in the area, that's maybe one to to check out. Definitely, mate. And uh, we've kind of talked about your love of sport and obviously your experience at Stirling Uni. But what about your work? Uh, you know, in football, I know um, I, I certainly see in terms of your Twitter that you go to lots of games. Is there any games in particular you've probably not had the best of feedback with or you've had to speak overly positive and it's maybe not been a, a great result or whatever? There's one game I went to this season. Um, it was Hamilton v Livingston and it was pouring down with rain. Uh, it was absolutely freezing and it was nil-nil. It's the worst game of football I've ever been to. Um, I had to report on it. I think I had in total about 1,500 words to write about it. Um, it was a real stretch and you know, Marcus it. Marcus Nash at Hamilton and Derek White at, at Livy both do a good job. I think even they were like, <laughs> it's not great, is it? Um, I remember the sports scene highlights. I think they showed maybe one minute of highlights from the game. Yeah, that's by far the worst game. But look, see, ultimately, you know, I'm, I'm extremely blessed to, to get paid to go to these games and, and write about football. So I take I don't take anything for granted. Every game I go to, I enjoy and it's a different experience. And you know, it's important about trying to promote the Scottish game as much as we can we're, you know, whether you like them or not we're lucky enough to have people like Chris Sutton and Ali McCoy the main two Michael Stewart who constantly talk up the game in Scotland and you might not agree with all their opinions that's ultimately your decision you know people have different viewpoints but you can't criticise them for, for what they've got to say about the Scottish game and I think we need that at times especially down south I think the game gets a terrible reputation and you know people like yourselves and an open goal and the boys at the terrace and pure football and everyone that does these podcasts and promotes the game as much as they can deserve a huge amount of credit. I appreciate you. I appreciate yourself. Obviously, I've always sort of got on with you. I mean, we've had a few sort of disagreements here and there, but I think it's just Twitter. I think sometimes you can look at things and and you know not not really get the either the context or the the tone of it because it's for Twitter. But um, yeah, I mean, I think we need more guys like you, to be honest, you and that, that kind of promote the game in a positive light. I've certainly had a few disagreements with, with journalists who I felt have been a wee bit negative. I know that's not as, not your guys' job to be friends with everyone and all that sort of stuff, but I think um, there's ways about ways of going about it. And certainly I'm not saying how people should do their job or that. I just think there's, you know, as I say, there's ways of going about it. And I think you're one of the guys that, I think doing it the right way, basically. Yeah, I, mean, I probably don't write as much um, at the moment as I used to, but there's some fantastic writers in, in Scotland as well. And yeah. you know, there's different platforms. Like podcasts are obviously huge, and you know, you've got quite a diversity over that. You've got ones that are more statistical based, like the guys at the Terrace do a great job at that. You know, Stefan and James at Two Point One, very statistical, kind of providing insight into stuff like that. And then you've also got the ones that have a USP, like, you know, yourself, kind of the low and league and the lower kind of echelons of, of Scottish football. You've got ones that are just are funny. Like, Open Go, I'm a huge fan of, of Cy Ferry. I think he's amazing. Yeah. 
yeah. as a presenter as well, because what you find is, and <laughs> this is probably one of my pet hates, I think if you are a presenter of the show, or, or anything, whether it be a podcast or show, it's important to the most important person is the person you're interviewing, isn't it? Like, if you've yep. got a guest on, like, say Sai had Ali McCoyst on, then you want to hear his stories, don't you? And ultimately, I don't think you should be nothing worse than a presenter giving their opinions all the time for too much and trying to be the star of the show. Ultimately, what they've got to say is important, but I think you've got to let the guest or the guests, and you just kind of, kind of got to lead the conversation, don't you? You make it more of a, a chat rather than these kind of long questions and making it more about yourself. That's not a dig at anyone, by the way. Yeah, no, well, I think I think it's hard sometimes um, on that note because there's certainly been guys I've spoke to recently that are maybe not as chatty as other guys. So I, I can get I can get it from both sides because um, certainly I've I've got a few opinions and whatnot that I, I sometimes throw about to to guys, but it really oh, depends. No, yeah, I'm not saying don't give your opinion. I'm just saying if you're, I, I think as a presenter, I think he just is really really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I don't think he gets enough credit for it. Everyone says you know it's hilarious and stuff like that. But as an interviewer as well, I think he's he's top. Yeah, yeah, and it's I like I like because um, there's guys, uh, especially like Sean Winter. Um, I don't know if you, you probably not listened to it. Cause it was only yesterday, but certainly Sean Winter uh, was one of the guys that is a fantastic speaker. Like he's very passionate about his Bride and and I really didn't have to lead too much into that conversation because he was. He basically had his own opinions and he was saying what he wanted to say, which was fantastic. But I think sometimes there's guys that are not quite uh, like that in, in some terms. So you kind of have to put your point across to, to get their point. No, I understand that as well. I mean, I've kind of done both sides of the coin. I, I do interviews and also I've, when I was doing production for 18 months. Yeah. It was my job to get on the guests. And obviously when you would call it these people, we went, we went for obviously on Monday and Friday, we didn't have guests on, on the phone, but... Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we'd, we'd have four guests a night, which is quite quite difficult to find. Um, every day, get four different guests relevant to kind of the news that day. Um, that's why when I was there, we tried to get guests on from every nation. We had a two-hour show, for example, so to fill that is quite difficult, you know, because it's, it's a lot of time to fill just talking about football. That's why you've got to have that kind of diversity of, of issues on it. So, I mean, I understand that from both both points of view. Um, but it's good. It's good to see that Scottish football has so many different opinions. Because ultimately, it's a it's a game of opinions. You know, we might have, we might not agree with everyone's opinion, but you know, who's to say that your opinion's right and, and your opinion's wrong? Ultimately, it's it's what you think. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I like about it because, um, in fact, most of the guys that come on, uh, what they have to say, uh, I usually agree with, and it's not because it's who it is or whatever. It's just. Uh, I try and take, uh, as a sort of presenter, if you will, I always try and take on board, covering the league, certainly a, a sort of unbiased opinion. I know I obviously do media work for Kelly and stuff like that, but also try and see it from all sides. So I kind of end up I end up agreeing with a lot of, of things. Uh, there's only, I don't think I don't think there's much I, I to disagree on because at the end of the day, the, the players and the, the gaffers and that will probably know like know a lot more than I would in terms of what they're talking about, you know what I mean? 100%. And everyone's got a different angle. You, know, you can't have everyone doing their podcast and interviews coming from the exact same angles. I, I mean, I think one of the times we had a disagreement and that, you know, I think disagreeing sometimes is good because, you know, if everyone's just lapping each other up and clapping each other in the back, then you may not 
make change for the better. I don't think it's a problem to have a disagreement and then you know shake hands at the end of it and say, look, we'll, we just have different opinions here. I mean, I think I made a comment that I thought there was too many podcasts in Scottish football and you know, I probably stick by that to, to an extent. Um, what I think is important to have is if you're doing a podcast or something, to have a USP, you know, have your unique angle. It's no, you know, I, think, I think sometimes everyone just wants their opinions heard and maybe that's why they do a podcast rather than do it to, you know, get insight in different areas in Scottish football, which you do uh, very well. That was kind of my, my criticism at the time. Yeah, and I, I kind of, we kind of discussed it a wee bit uh, earlier, Ewan, but I, that's where I kind of picked you up wrong on that. And by the way, uh, since obviously checking Spotify and stuff, I agree with you because there are hundreds of Scottish football podcasts. I mean, I'm not, believe it or not, I, I keep saying this, but I'm no big on podcasts. Like, uh, I barely, like, uh, well, I do this, obviously, but I don't tend to listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, saying more that I do when I'm like, traveling or, or going for a walk or a run or something like that i'll possibly uh listen to podcasts but uh, it was an eye-opener for me uh you know checking the rankings and stuff like that um, how many scottish football podcasts there actually is mate so you might have a point there yeah i think obviously you can work in the industry and you know i'd contact people to come on and um, you kind of have a good understanding of how many people there wasn't i mean there's some fantastic ones there and you know ultimately people want to do it then then do it, but I just think it was more saying you have have a unique angle and come at it from from that. And you know, no people have, we all heard from the same people all the time. You know, the same guests on podcasts all the time. It can it can happen. It, it wasn't really a criticism. It was just more maybe it was maybe that constructive criticism. But like I said, the work that you're doing is, is really good. I mean, I've seen you number two in the, the charts for Scotland at the moment, which must be kind of surreal. I said it when I kind of put that out there because I was just basically. Well, we, 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 you know, we have to check stats and whatnot and analytics. It's, it's just one part and parcel, you know, a lot, you know, basically feedback to the people that listen to us. And uh, I, I, I was as surprised as anyone. Uh, I remember tweeting out basically, you know, uh, you know, the terrorists were coming for you and, and something. And then a few days later, we're obviously uh, past them uh, on Spotify. So, yeah, uh, surprised. But, you know, in terms of the content we're putting out, it's, it's been quite a lot. And, the, the, the amount of people we've had on in terms of East of Scotland, West of Scotland, Lowland League, amateur game. We've had, a, I think, something for everyone at the moment. Yeah, it's important to cover. It's important to cover all different areas in Scottish football. I think that's something that I was, okay, I'm going to touch on it later, when I was at Rocksport, was the thing I was probably most proud of was covering all areas of Scottish football and also giving people like yourself the first opportunity to, to go on radio, you know. Um, lots of boys probably got their first opportunity for me getting them on. That that was to me that was more rewarding than maybe getting a big name on. Definitely for me actually. And I remember my first time I went live on radio, I was honestly touching cloth mate. Um I suppose the more you do it, the more confident you get and ultimately it's something that you can enjoy really. Yeah. I mean I, I remember that that uh talk with Alex and I was because you would think because I do a lot of these uh I probably wouldn't be nervous, uh, but at the time I think I was a wee bit nervous because um, I think uh, from my own point of view, uh, especially these these sort of podcasts I've been uh, doing recently, I've been quite laid back and casual. But in terms of the the usual sort of podcast when we're going through res- results and whatnot, it's quite I wouldn't say scripted, but we sort of have our own thing down, and and uh, so yeah, it was a bit 
it was a bit weird not being, in, I guess, in control because I'm like, I don't know, have a clue what these guys are going to ask me, so I need to sort of know my stuff. But luckily, I, I did basically, you know. Yeah, it's different from being scripted to having research, isn't it? Having kind of facts and figures, I think, is important. But ultimately, I think the best kind of podcasts just flow naturally, don't they? Yeah. And uh, moving on a wee bit, mate, um, obviously, uh, I, I know you've kind of spoke to Samo about the, the pyramid and whatnot, so I'm not going to infringe upon his uh, his podcast, and I hope people listen to that too. I shout out to Chris Sampson at Pure Football. But uh, have you got any thoughts on, you know, uh, Kelly getting award, awarded the Lone League title, uh, inning, you know, Bora, the same in the Highland League? Have you got any sort of wee thoughts on that briefly? Ultimately, it had to happen, didn't it? Because there's no chance the leagues are going to come back and be played anytime soon. I think if football's back played by August, I'd be surprised, mate. Honestly, I don't think that we're anywhere closer to getting football back, especially with supporters. You know, you've seen the kind of reports coming out of Germany and other countries that they don't expect to have fans in at all this year, which, you know, it's just football without fans is nothing to me. I think football fans are the most important people in football. So, no, it's not ideal to end it that way. Bonnie Rigg had a chance of challenging Kelly for the league, but I think the way that Bonnie Rigg have, have dealt with the the news has been exemplary. I think their statement was incredibly classy. There was a subsequent comment on social media just congratulating Kelty. I thought it was great to see. There's a real feeling of kind of solidarity between clubs at that level. And, you know, we talk about reconstruction. I think there needs to be a way that these clubs, the pyramid system gives them more opportunity of getting into to League Two. I think the fact that the Highland and Lowland League team have to play a playoff between themselves before they play the team bottom of League Two is, is symbolic, really. I think they need to try and find a way where either both the Highland League and Lowland League team automatically go up, or maybe there's a playoff between the top two in the Highland League, the top two in the Lowland League, and two clubs go up. I think you need to have a I think you've got, you've got to reward these clubs and there has to be a chance of progression. And C teams are ultimately ambitious and there should be rewards for that ambition. You know, they want they have they want to get into the, the SPFL, they want to progress up the league. You need to try and reward them. Look at the success that uh, Cove Rangers have had this season and Edinburgh City have been unlucky in previous seasons. These teams are going to come into the league and make a difference. So let's try and reward them. Completely agreed. Well, I spoke to Gary Chen, obviously the captain of Kelty, a wee bit earlier, and obviously they're they're quite happy that they, they won the league. But it's a wee bit hollow at the moment because they don't know what's going to happen with the, the SPFL. And I agreed. I think uh, the majority of players and gaffers that I, certainly that I've spoke to would have liked to see it played out. But um, you said it basically. Uh, you can't endanger the fans with everything that's going on at the moment, and, or the players for that matter, or anyone. Uh, it's just unprecedented time that we're living in at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I want to see the leagues expand. I don't think going forward, um, ten teams is enough. Playing the you know the same teams four times a season is just. I don't think it's. I don't think it's good for fans either. I think fans are getting a wee bit tired of that. Yeah, I, I worry about attendance in Scottish football. You see it all through the leagues, and I mean, I can't do Premiership mainly in Championship. If you look at some of the attendances in, in these leagues compared to where they were five, six years ago, then you know I think it's time we something needs to be done to try and get people back watching football, whether that be league reconstruction, whether that be relaxing legislation, which improves match day experience. We need to look at everything we can because yeah, I was watching some of the old games back in, on TV when it was beyond sports scene and you see some of the crowds at 
these grounds and it's there just doesn't seem to be the same desire and I think there's also reasons for that but yeah honestly I think we need to try and look to improve the game every way we can and maybe use this pandemic as an opportunity to change I don't like talking about finance I never have even in terms of loan league but certainly money's a big factor um, as well am I going to go to Cowden Beef what, 15 quid a ticket or something like that and then or I'm going to go to Kelty see equally as good football for £7 you know what I mean it's value for money I think is coming into it now and obviously you go to certain, uh, certain away days and you're what 30, 40 quid as well it's, it's crazy Yeah if I'm not working in Thistle aren't playing I've, I've been down to Pollock a few times and just to kind of the experience here is really, really good. I enjoy it. It's a good day out, and I think we need to kind of move towards bringing these clubs up and trying to match the experience a lot better. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of relaxing the, the alcohol legislation around Scottish football. I don't, <laughs> think, that, I don't think that's going to happen anytime. So I'm not talking for to have a, make these games a piss up by any means, but <laughs> I think you've, you've got to try and make it as enjoyable to go to the football as you can. You, you look at, you've been to a game at Germany. Uh, I've been to Germany. I've not. I've not been to a football game in Germany, unfortunately. I've been to a couple of games in Germany. You see the infrastructure, the transport, the grounds. You can have a beer, and it's it's brilliant, you know. And we all, we often say like, do we need to trust the people in Scotland to have a drink problem? Do we trust them with having a drink in the game? I think you've got to try and try and reward them and see how they behave, and then we'll take it from there. What's it? There's no harm in trying. I don't see them very often, obviously, because I'm at the only but you know my. The team I've always supported is Rangers, and I, I used to go to the Ibrox Bar in the stadium before the game, and and uh, sometimes allowed in. And then there's obviously other people that go to the wee shop uh, and uh, sort of sneak sneak it in the back pocket, you know, the what was a bucket and whatnot. But I think it's about being responsible as as people. But generally, stewards, especially in Glasgow, and the police of that are generally on top of it. So I don't really don't see a massive issue in. You know, as you said, relaxing the legislation when drinking. To be honest, I mean, half the support uh, go to Rangers games in particular. You know, they're, they're allowed in before and after the game anyway, so we'll have to wait and see, I guess, with that one. I know one is like people binge bo- binge booze before games. I don't know, you know, they tan the bottles of Mad Dog and Bucky because they can't have a drink during the game. And like you said, I don't condone it, but people probably do sneak. Uh, alcohol into grounds, and you've seen some high-profile incidents this season and last season where objects have been been thrown at players. I mean, that's not something you want to see. That's a disgrace. So we need yeah. to move away from that. And I think that with technology as well, you know, if you've got a season, say you've got a season card and it's, it's electronic now, like most top grounds are, you know, you can you can say to each person, well, you can have two pints a game. You know, you can limit it uh, and you can, you can try and bring it in. It's just I think it's something we've got to try and do to improve the match experience. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah, like you said, I don't condone the the, the balls of bucket and that and the and the you know and the under the coat or whatever. But you know, it's, it's something that happens. Eh? But if, you're right. If they had maybe brought something out at half time, you know, plastic pint in a plastic cup or whatever. I mean, yeah, improve it for the fans because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are coming in and paying everyone's wages. I guess uh, when it comes to football. Yeah, I, I always say fans are the most important people in football, and I think it's important that. People realise that, you know, clubs and, and people high up at clubs, especially during this time, I think it's became apparent that, you know, without fans, football is nothing. Yeah, I think it's been a, a really decent podcast. It's obviously been great to get a wee bit more coverage on Stirling Uni. We've, we've spoke to, you know, a few guys from Stirling Uni. Hopefully we're going to get the gaffer on and, and uh, obviously a wee bit of insight into your work uh, in football as a, as a producer, as a writer. 
yeah, it's been fantastic speaking to you and I uh, appreciate you coming on and uh, keep safe and all the best, pal. Take care, mate.